0: I'm going to die. I'm going to die historic on the Fury Road.
1: Welcome to the Mad Max Minute. Devise the fittest time and safest way to hide us from pursuit that will be made. After my flight, now we go in content, to liberty and not to banishment. This is Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about minute 48, which begins with Furiosa telling the others that she has made a deal, and it ends with a wide shot of the rig pursued by three war parties. This is a castle, and we have many tapestries, and if our guests this (laughs) week are Scottish (laughs) lords, then I am Mickey Mouse. Please welcome Tom Taylor and Pete Mummert from the Indiana Jones Minute. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Welcome back, gentlemen. Thanks. It's good to be here. Sorry to leave you outside in the rain for so long. That's all right.
2: We got the sniffles, but we're going to get over them. Yeah. It'll be all right.
0: You look really cute in that beret, Tom.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Don't stretch my hat out. For our listeners, if you're feeling academic, go back and listen to my openers for every day this week and see if you can tell us on the listener page which Shakespeare play they're from.
2: Yes. It's one of the
1: weird ones. I will have to take your word for it because while I did look them up in preparation for this episode, I did not write down where I got them from. So go wild.
0: So you're like, please, no, please tell me where I got them
1: from. (laughs) Please tell me what I just said because I have forgotten. (laughs) But one thing that I haven't forgotten about from Wednesday is the fact that Furiosa was talking about how she made a deal, and she continues at the top of this minute talking about the deal is coming up ahead for safe passage, but she doesn't know if it's still any good. Mm. Now, we never get to have the specifics of the deal laid out, but through process of elimination and deduction, we can figure out that. Furiosa approached the rock riders that live in this canyon and she basically said, I'm going to give you this giant pod full of fuel and you're going to blow up the side of the canyon behind me. I might be pursued by a few people. And I guess that was it.
3: Well, considering she says, I don't know if it's still good. I imagine the deal with them was do this thing, but I'm not sure when I can deliver.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Because that's a lot of pieces to line up without a good way to communicate between all the parties. Yeah. She was like, I'm just going to show up one day (laughs) and I will have a fuel pod. And when I do take the fuel pod, close the passage deal. And so who knows how long it's been?
2: Yeah. It's either a time sensitive thing or it's, you know, not to jump ahead, but you know, like, uh, Hey, you didn't say nothing about seven or eight war parties coming (laughs) after you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that Furiosa woke up that morning and thought, I think I want to get pursued by three war parties. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think she was expecting to still have to worry about her escort vehicles. I don't think she was fully expecting the entire might of the Citadel (laughs) to come down on her this hard because I thought she... Because I think she thought that she would have gotten farther before Mm. they noticed. hmm
3: no, I think she really should have known this is exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, I do too. They were going to notice that she was off the road and pursue her and call for help and be pursued by all three fleets. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine she thought that that's exactly what would happen.
1: So do you think her plan was, I'll have all of these people pursuing me, but maybe they just won't call for reinforcements? Maybe Joe will just think he can handle it himself? Mm.
3: I think as far as her deal with the Rock Riders goes, it's ask for forgiveness rather than permission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think she omitted how bad the pursuers would be,
0: mm-hmm. how yeah. Um, yeah. numerous they would be. <laughs> how do you think she made this deal? Like, is she, can she just go into the Rock Riders area?
3: I know, right? Yeah. How does she make contact with them? Do yeah.
1: Imperators get days off where they can just go out for a drive?
3: In cults, nobody gets a day off. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Ever. Well, it and seems like she, she has
2: other missions that she goes on, and maybe they take her, you know, over this way and like out of the, you know, literal site of the Citadel, and she could stop by and say, hey, yeah.
1: in a month or so, if I drive <laughs> through here with a tank of gas... <laughs> I don't necessarily want to see how Furiosa made this deal, but I would like to think that maybe they have trained pigeons or something like that. I don't want to go full Harry Potter and think they've got, like, (laughs) Like owls or something like that. But maybe, I don't know, post-apocalyptic crows or something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'd like to imagine a little correspondence where Furiosa's, like, hanging out in, what do they call, where crows hang out a rookery or something like that yeah Uh-huh. yeah like making these little shady behind the back of her other imperator deals mm-hmm.
3: how about spies
1: oh like down amongst the wretched maybe like she or picks maybe
3: among the ranks she picks like, someone
1: out from the base of the citadel and say here's a bottle of water and a piece of bread deliver this message and then the wretched person just takes off running yeah Or she has a pet monkey
2: with a bottle of water. (laughs) Yeah. She sends him with a note.
3: Proven very effective in the past. Yeah. Well, if these societies are anything like our societies, they have spies. Like, there are war boys that are posing as rock riders and Mm. rock riders that are posing as bullet farmers and bullet Mm, farmers that are posing as war boys. You know, throwing intelligence around all over the place so if she wanted to make a deal with the rock riders she would need to locate the rock rider spy
0: Mm. yeah
3: which in her position as an imperator is something maybe that's part of her job is to suss out spies
0: Mm -hmm. well forgive me if this is a dumb question but i've only seen this once whose idea was this This plan, like, did she say, "I want to get back to my homeland. I'm gonna approach the wives and make a deal with, like, see if I can free them." And what is, or did the wives approach her and say, "Can you get us out of here?" And then she does this. So
1: the wives approached Furiosa,
3: but not in the movie.
1: But not in the movie. In the movie,
3: there's no information on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the prequel comic, basically, the wives are fed up. They don't want to stay around as breeders anymore. And so they, as Miss Giddy says, beg her to go. And it's Furiosa who comes up with the idea of going to the green place. Oh, okay. It's their idea to leave. It's her idea of a destination. Okay. okay. So it's a bit of a collaborative effort. Okay. <laughs> Teamwork.
0: So she's not taking them for their own good or this, like this is, they want to come and she wants to come. Like
1: everybody's. Yeah. Everybody's on board. On board, board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort
3: of. <laughs> Cheeto is debatable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Cheeto is...
3: Her heart's not in it.
1: She's still young. She hasn't been taken yet. Mm. So she hasn't had to endure the worst of what Joe can offer. Yeah. Just because she's that new to the group. So yeah.
0: But it seems like this must have been a pretty time-sensitive deal. Like these girls are pretty young, so she can't have known about this for very long. So it seems like the problem was what Tom said that there are just so many people showed up because it can't, it seems like it can't have been that long ago that she made this deal.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned that there was a, a time crunch, it just occurred to me that as far as Ang Harrod is concerned, this needed to happen now mm-hmm. before yeah? she gives birth. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, she's not just ready to pop. It's mentioned later on in the movie that her baby still needs, I think, a couple of weeks, maybe about a month or so. Mm -hmm. to cook before it's actually ready.
3: Before nine months is up, or till it's viable? Till it's viable. I don't know that much about... I don't know nothing about birthing babies. (laughs) Uh, But if she's this big, the baby's viable. Yeah. From what little I know.
1: Yeah. 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 We'll get to that. I mean, I'm going off of dialogue from the organic mechanic.
3: Yeah. I'll Google it when it's (laughs) time.
1: They don't call him the midwife... Uh, something that rhymes with midwife that's appropriately mechanical in nature i don't know (laughs) i'm not the improv guy
0: (laughs) for me this plan would be uh tough to pull out like there's so many moving parts like this is amazing she pulled this all together like to this point
1: there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of variables that you just can't account for yeah
3: it's a miracle that only this much has gone wrong
1: right
2: And it turns out to be a miracle that she's got this uh, blood bag helping her out. Yeah. (laughs) You know, she wasn't counting on that.
1: Max represents a huge monkey wrench in the works. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's willing to cooperate in the way that he does is really lucky on Furiosa's Mm -hmm. part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That she picked up Max and not someone else. Right. Like a different Wastelander probably would have thought, oh... This is a harem of wives from a desert warlord. Well, I guess they're my harem of wives now. (laughs) Cha-ching. Max is just here for the gasoline. He said that back in Road Warrior and he's never forgotten.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or I'll just return these wives and I'll be a hero.
3: Yeah. But as much as Max protests and says that he is just here for the gasoline, that he's just trying to survive... Mm-hmm. He can't help himself. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> he is going to save that group of kids. He is going to protect this group of women, begrudgingly, but he's going to do it.
1: Yeah. It's like he says at the beginning of this movie: "I used to be a cop, a road warrior, searching for redemption or something like that." I d- I don't remember the exact words. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's been a while. Sure. We're it's at been minute 48. forty-eight. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. He was a cop, a road warrior, searching for a righteous cause. Mm. Of course, now he's reduced to a single instinct to survive. Yeah. And he finds himself in a situation where...
3: He has found a righteous cause. Yeah. Again. Mm
1: -hmm. He stumbled into it.
3: (laughs) As he does.
1: (laughs) So, as we're getting further into this canyon, Furiosa tells the wives to get into the hold. So, go back into the place where you were hiding before, but she adds something saying, keep the hatch open. So when they were initially hiding in the tanker, the place where all the produce is, they had all the hatches closed up because they didn't want the war boys to find them. But in this Mm -hmm. instance, she wants all of the hatches open, I'm assuming, so that either they can hear her when she shouts or for easy access because I'm pretty sure at this point, Furiosa is expecting the proverbial poop to hit the fan. Mm Mm-hmm. The more she thinks about this situation, the less likely it's going to be that it's a very smooth drop-off and exchange. <laughs> yeah, she's in high prep mode. Yeah. You know,
0: getting all her ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. It's part of the reason she wants to hatch open just so she can have Max hide but still know where he is. Like, kind of mm-hmm. know that he's not down there locked up with the
1: girls. That might be part of it. Like, does she trust Max yet, or does she... Oh, I don't think she trusts Max at all at this point. Yeah. I don't think she trusts him any more than she needs to. Uh Like she's trusting out of necessity.
3: Yes. I think this is kind of a turning point a little bit in that trust relationship where she starts out by saying, I need you. Mm -hmm. I may need you to drive the rig. Yeah, yeah. That admission that maybe her plan wasn't going to work. She needed another capable driver. Yeah. To help her along the way. And it's interesting because he's like, he's holding a gun on her. Yeah. And who was going to be that capable driver if Max didn't come along?
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, what was she going to do if she didn't have another driver?
3: Maybe it would have been capable. <laughs> That's
0: interesting. <laughs> get, the, get the war boy to do it? Yeah, <sighs> make, okay. yeah, yeah, make you a deal. <laughs> that gun business is bothering me, though. Like, going over all those bumps and stuff, that just seems like a mm-hmm. recipe
1: for disaster. Yeah, Max is not exercising a lot of trigger discipline. <laughs> his fingers are hooked in there and it's like
3: can't imagine the safety zone
1: <sighs> no of course not yeah i'm glad we don't end up having a pulp fiction situation yeah i was exactly exactly <laughs> what I, I was thinking yeah shut yeah. marvin in the face <laughs> speaking of face we get another excellent tom hardy expression right around second eight because as the wives start getting down into the hole he turns around and sees that there's a hole in the floor, and he's like, where did that come from? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Did he really just notice the hole now?
1: This is the first time he's seen it.
3: Oh, my goodness.
2: Is that why he then goes under there and and checks it out? Yeah. Right after that? Yeah. Like, oh, son of a gun, you got a whole apartment down there. That's neat.
1: And I love the way he leads down. He's like, what? Where is she going? And then Cheeto disappears, followed Mm -hmm. by Toast. And then I'm pretty sure it's Dag-capable and then ang Herod starts to go mm-hmm. and does he keep her from
2: going down just like strictly as like a kind of not hostage exactly but you know <laughs> you stay here so furiosa doesn't uh i don't know try anything funny i'm not exactly sure why he keeps her up there or does she think maybe they have a gun down like they could shoot him or down like there she she's his
0: protection from them doing something to him in the hold when he is going down
1: Oh, oh yeah, Ang Herod is a hundred percent an insurance policy for Max at this point. Yeah, yeah. But against once against
2: against them turning on him, I guess. Okay.
1: Yeah, because he just saw them throw someone out the door.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> well, it occurs to me that Max was extremely reticent to go in the canyon. He knows who is in the canyon. Maybe mm. he's a wanted man in there. Oh, weird. And maybe if he doesn't have an insurance policy, there is potential. For Furiosa to use him as a sweetener. Yeah. Not only will I leave you the fuel pod, but I also got this guy. Do you guys know him? Do you want him? I'll leave him here for you.
1: I think the main thing is that as far as the Rock Riders are concerned, Furiosa is going to be alone because she Mm -hmm. says it. I'm supposed to be alone. The Rock Riders have no idea that she's supposed to have the wives with her. They have no idea of any other person hanging out in the rig. This could be, for all they know, just an Imperator deciding to drive away from it all. If they see someone else in the car, they're like, oh, what's this? Is this a trap? They're going to get all antsy. Yeah. So while Furiosa wants Max around, she also can't have him hanging out the window and be like, hey, Furiosa, you done here? Are we going <laughs> to go? I'm bored. i want to go get a slushie
3: (laughs) so by the time they start having this conversation about hiding and hostage taking they're already in the canyon Mm -hmm. so the rock riders Mm -hmm. if they have control of the canyon the rock riders have already seen the rig at this point they've got their spies and lookouts yeah and if they've seen the rig they've seen that there are multiple people inside the rig
1: Maybe. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It all depends on how good a binoculars or spyglasses they have.
3: Yes, it mm-hmm. does. If I were Furiosa and Max, I would assume that the moment you go inside the canyons, they see you.
1: They just know everything. Yes. Yeah. It's too late. They've seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Max stops Ang Herod from going into the back, and in response to him holding up Ang Herod. Furiosa doesn't get angry with him and say, hey, don't hold my charges hostage. Mm -hmm. She simply says, whatever you do, you can't be seen. Uh Like she's adapting to the situation and trying to use Max as an asset. It's really weird. It's it's a really weird
2: situation for both of them. She needs his help, but she does not even know him at all. And he's holding a gun on her and her, you know, her wards. Uh... And she has no idea if he'll, you know, be helpful at all or even try to be helpful. It's very strange.
1: Yeah. And you can see the wheels turning yeah. in Max's head right around second 39.
2: <laughs>
0: and I like yeah. he's got
1: like his hair's kind of messed
0: up from the the mass. So it looks like, like bedhead. Like he's just like he's just woken <laughs> and up haircut. and he's kind of like
1: groggy. And he's like, uh,
0: <laughs> he's trying to process everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. Max had a bad barbershop experience and then got... <laughs> strapped into a muzzle yeah <laughs> bad side of the bed all around
0: <laughs> i do want to say i love these uh press tin ceilings uh, mm, in this yeah in this. like it's kind of like the old timey new york city bars like it, the artistry mm-hmm. in these cars is spectacular from the movie side i love it from the production side and also just from the in movie like the mm-hmm. in world side the, you know these guys sit in here and you know they're so into this cult that they they stamp these patterns into the into the ceiling
2: that is really cool. It shows the care. With
0: yeah, which they, do yeah they put
3: a lot of effort into their vehicles.
0: Yeah. But do you think Furiosa did this? Is this her? Is she the only one that drives this, this truck?
2: Mm.
3: I believe she is the only one that drives this truck. It is personalized for her and oh, her that's true. Yeah. unique yeah. needs. If I'm not mistaken, we see the pressed ceilings in other vehicles, though. So yeah. that might be mm. a stock feature. I
1: think it's a motif that Joe mm. likes to incorporate into his vehicles. <laughs> yeah. His personal style, as it were. Mm.
0: Yeah. So she showed up at work one day and they're like, OK, you get truck 368A. And this <laughs> is this is the truck she wound up with. And then she got to kind of do her thing with it, like with the, yeah, the, the
3: steering wheel and stuff. is her own. And the, the yeah. gear shift. Yeah. The locations yeah. of all the guns. Yeah.
1: You would almost expect Furiosa to come down one morning and have Exhibit there. And would be like, yo, 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 Furiosa, I pimped your war rig.
3: <laughs> Check out all of its
1: features. You want a shank in the gear shifter? I gave you a shank in the gear shifter. You want guns strapped everywhere? I strapped guns everywhere. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, the biggest difference is that the Warrig actually drives.
1: Yeah. It's actually roadworthy. Yeah. Now would it
3: pass a state inspection? No, it would not. <laughs> but it's roadworthy.
1: I think it would fail inspection just because it doesn't have like the proper lights.
3: Any safety features whatsoever? Does it have seatbelts?
0: Seatbelts, yeah. I was looking for seatbelts
1: this whole time. There's a hole
3: in the floor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bug, it's a feature. Yeah. No. A lot of these lives cars could have been like saved from pre-seatbelt days anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I kind of feel like this hole in the floor and the passageway that it leads to, it's kind of millennium falcon feeling. The idea that you've got this hidden compartment that you can hide people inside. Yeah, that's
0: good. Yeah.
2: When you're talking about seatbelts, I thought you were going to say that this patch thing where everybody's hanging out is like the way back of the woody station wagon with the (laughs) backwards (laughs) facing seat that would never fly today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well,
3: this basically is the Millennium Falcon. It's a cargo carrier
0: Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. its own
3: kind that has been adapted to smuggle things.
1: Yeah. That's good. Yeah.
3: And it's also iconic. Yeah.
1: I think my favorite crossover thing that I've seen that involves the war rig, there is an artist, and I wish I could remember their name. I saw their stuff at Boston Comic-Con one year, and they weren't at their table, so I couldn't talk to them. But they drew Optimus Prime as if his truck (gasps) form was the war rig. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it was amazing. Wow. (gasps) That would be. And then I think they also... Redrew Megatron as if he was also the Giga horse <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: and so they had two really cool looking cover pages just as wow. posters and I was so bummed out that they weren't at their oh. table.
3: yeah, I would like to have those posters
1: absolutely
2: <laughs> hey when uh when Max goes down to the <laughs> hole and and is checking stuff out, it's the first time I mean it's probably been prominent throughout the whole thing, but he's he's got that leg brace uh-huh. that he first got in Mad Max, right? Yep. Is that from that's from that injury, like in the in the very first movie?
3: It is. It is from that injury. Yeah. Once you hurt your knee, you're never the same again.
2: I guess not. Well, okay, that's what I his his leg is, you know, doomed. Mm-hmm. But it's like, does he need the brace still? Like, does the the leg must have healed to some point, but then I guess he still needs the brace for
1: like stability or something or well, this brace is actually more complicated. Than the one he had in Road Warrior. Because in Mm. the first movie, he wrapped it in a bandage. He had a leg brace for Road Warrior. And then by Thunderdome, he lost that leg brace and was back to tying up his knee. And so, Mm. because a few more years have passed, he's fashioned this new leg brace. And there's actually, you'll notice on, let me get my directions right, the left side of his knee, there's a complicated looking hinge thing. Hmm. And I think what that is, is some sort of weird little gas piston to help him essentially use his knee better. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That's like, crazy. I'm sure it doesn't rain a lot in the post-apocalyptic wasteland, but I'm pretty sure that knee hurts whenever it's about to rain. Yeah. yeah. Like anytime yeah. there's a barometric shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So not only does he still wear the leg brace, but he's fashioned it in such a way that it can actually actively help him. Other than just keeping it stable.
2: I wonder if Hmm. he was only like a bandage in Beyond Thunderdome. I wonder if something happened to it again. It's like since then. If he got like re-injured or something. Yeah. That's why he needs more of a brace now.
3: It would be susceptible to re-injury. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine
1: jumping off of a truck at the end of Thunderdome probably didn't do him any favors (laughs) i mean i'm
2: somebody who will be standing in the kitchen and i'll turn to grab something i'll go ow (laughs) my knee's killing me i didn't do anything my knee just started killing me i didn't do anything wrong just trying to stand like a human being so yeah i I would think that you know surviving in the wasteland you're gonna get some nicks and some dings yeah yep
1: yeah i've got tragically bad knees in my family and i am looking at knee replacements not as an if but a when situation (laughs) it would be a lie to say that that kept me from doing sports in high school there were other things like my inherent laziness that kept me from doing sports in high school but (laughs) you and me both i very much could have really messed up my knee in high school oh man blame it on a football injury i could have gone to state
2: yeah could have gone all the
1: way (laughs) see if they can give you a uh, cool brace like this yeah a little uh Hydraulic piston. Yeah. So I'm actually pretty impressed by how roomy this passageway is. (laughs) Like, Max is not a small guy. Yeah. And there's still a lot of room.
3: Yeah, the way the wives slip in there, it makes it look so easy.
1: They probably made it so they could load it up with stuff. I mean, really, we shouldn't be surprised that it is so roomy, because back during the buzzard fight, Angharad crawled out of the tanker and up through this thing, and she is super pregnant, yeah, so uh-huh. you want to talk about not being able to deftly maneuver and being, be <laughs> agile. Yeah. A giant stomach hanging off of you. <laughs> Can't be doing anybody any favors. Especially because the actress wasn't pregnant at the time. So that was just a giant silicone mass. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah. it's <laughs> funny. I mean, it looks really good, but it's 100% it fake.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine damaging that really easily.
3: Hmm. Like accidentally nicking it on stuff?
1: Yeah, or just scratching scratching it or puncturing it or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not normally part of your person, and so it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be part of your spatial awareness. Yeah, that's true. And so as we come to the end of the minute, we get this really nice wide shot right around 2nd 58, and you can see that the war rig has passed into the canyon, and right behind it you've got the main war party from the Citadel with the... Bullet Farmer on one side and the Gas Town Boys on the other side, and they're coming in like a mighty ducks flying V <laughs> yeah, right towards cool. the opening of that canyon. I'm you so happy
3: that you made that reference. They're a lot closer
1: <laughs> than I expected, that's for sure. Yeah. Like yeah, the last I mean, couple like... of weeks, they've been however far out, like five minute head start on the horizon. And from this angle, they look right on top of them. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're like 10 car lengths behind. That's like freeway distance behind somebody. <laughs> it's like how far you're supposed to stay
2: behind someone on a freeway.
1: Well, supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a wuss about it. Oh, Richard. <laughs> Only a
2: fool breaks a two-second rule. <laughs> That's the subtitle of the next Mad Max movie. It's very boring. Everyone's very
1: safe <laughs> and safety conscious. Mad Max, politeness road. (laughs) (laughs) But that really brings us to the end of the week. Pete and Tom, do you want to tell all the nice people where they can listen to more of you?
0: Yeah, you can uh, find, we do a podcast where we kind of do what you guys do with Mad Max, but we do it with Indiana Jones called the Indiana Jones Minute. And you can find us kind of all the same places you probably find Mad Max Minute.
1: Yep. And if you go on moviesbyminutes.com, you'll probably also find another show that Pete did.
0: What do you call the Christmas one you did? (laughs) National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days.
1: Thank you. It's a long one. (laughs) It is a long one. (laughs) (laughs) But we were invited to be on that one as well. So that was a lot of fun to participate in. And Tom, you've got a lot of side projects that you do, right? I do. I've got a couple other
2: uh, shows on that same uh, movies by minute site. I, we, my friends and I did uh, the Caddyshack Minute. That's all wrapped up, but it's still there for you to enjoy. Caddyshackminute.com, and we're currently working on the Blues Brothers Minute, which uh, we're, gosh, we're like halfway through that thing, more than halfway through. <laughs> and we're doing that two minutes at a time, and we're having a ball.
1: Speaking of rawhide, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Movement. i heard you make that reference the other day i didn't call you out on it but i did hear it so i tried not to go bananas on it. <laughs> Keep it subtle. but as for us we will be coming back on monday after the weekend max is going to be stubborn about giving out his name despite that furiosa will show him how to disarm this kill switch and also take a moment to touch up her war paint <laughs>
3: hmm
1: the Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham.
3: The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers.
1: Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dse by Daniel Batista of DanielBautista.com.
3: Our home on the internet is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute. Minute, like us on Facebook by searching for Mad Max Minute, and join our Facebook listener group, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone.
1: If you'd like to support the podcast, visit madmaxminute.com, where you can see what's in our Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full.
3: Thank you for joining us for Minute 48 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time.